0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: on you fabulous world travelers this is Judgmentalist, your co-host here on big sexy digital nomad we are getting into the holiday spirit for better or for worse it is getting wild in my world it is just a good time to be alive and um yeah, we're coming at you with uh, more updates from the road, from the world, from wherever we happen to be. That's me and Big Sexy. What's going on, my
0: friend? What's up? What's up? What's up? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whenever this is hitting your ear holes, I hope that it is good. Yes, uh, uh, things are going very well here in Spain. Um, as I mentioned last episode, they're getting ready for the holiday season, which is exciting. I believe next Friday. Um, is the lighting ceremony um, in Malaga Center? Uh, if you hear some noise in the background, don't mind. That's just the wife making some coffee, uh, as she gets ready for her day as well. Uh, let me ask you something a uh, quick question. So, um, do you guys get a lot of fog in Maryland where you are?
1: Um, our, um,
0: Yes. No. Maybe some. Our weather is
1: bipolar as hell. It's really tough to say. Um,
0: so, well, I mean, have you? I mean, have you ever gotten fog? But you've experienced fog in Maryland, right? Yeah, have, absolutely. Does the fog roll in from the Atlantic uh, near where you are?
1: Uh, I can tell you that my meteorological skills are lacking to the point where I don't know where it
0: comes from. Okay. Um, Would you have experienced like a foggy night or?
1: Yeah, yeah. Every so often, there'll be there'll be certain times in which you know whatever needs to happen in the world happens so that you're driving and it's in you know a lot of times we get it in the morning where you're, you're driving to work or whatever, through. right? Yeah. So, so, but I don't know why or what what the hell any of it means.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, we uh, were in uh, so the other night I went walking uh, with a friend. Uh, shout out to Jesse, um, who, uh, while we were walking on one of my nightly walks, just walking with the dog, it was the night that uh, um, my wife had her presentation um, that we asked you about. So I took the dog out so she wouldn't be bothered with the dog and or me. And we went uh, walking. And as we were walking, I watched the fog roll in from the sea. Um, if people are on my Instagram, they saw me post pictures of it. It was really, really interesting. The first time I'd ever been in a fog situation here, uh, it was beautiful and gorgeous. And then like all fog is eerie as hell, you know, Hmm. um,
1: nowhere, like I can't say that I've ever saw it roll in. The way that that you're describing so that would be a new thing for me i would imagine that a friend of ours um over in scotland has seen something like this because i think of scotland as a uh a, a, as a foggy place you mean uh, uh
0: um that, that's brogan who uh is on uh- hey buddy nice podcast <laughs> Right, right, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, I imagine that, and any of our UK friends, I'm pretty sure, are familiar with. I mean, London fog is like, you know, world renowned. It's a brand name. that's so popular. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, apparently, I experienced some Spanish fog, uh, hmm. which was which was very interesting. But I mean, you know, you're a-
1: you're we're, so. Where are you now? Because I know that you've been in Center City, but then you've also been that you're in the beach, closer to the beach, to the water. Yeah, we're
0: in La right? We're we're the the place that's two minutes away from or three minutes away from the sea, right? The three minute walk to the beach. Um, I'm sure that
1: contributes to it to some extent.
0: Absolutely, Being so close to it, being able that's what I say. We're able to watch it roll in uh, over the sea like, come in and then get closer and closer. And it was very slow moving, so it's, you know, it's not like it's not like in the movies where you see it just coming towards you and getting ominous. It's just, like, it's there, and it's, like, the slow-growing haze that takes over uh, the city. And then, you, you know, look around, all of a sudden, all the lights are dimming, and uh, you can see the mist in the air, and cars are getting moist. And, uh, you know, the... The, the air gets a little bit chillier. It was really neat. It's really, really cool. Um, the way it plays on the lights, you know, um, there's a Marina nearby where we are. And so, you know, it's this high business area, a lot of Marina. So looking at the, uh, lights glowing off the clouds in the Marina, right. Um, was really awesome and beautiful. Like you you've been, have you ever been to Vegas when it's foggy? I can't, I don't think I have. Or, or even, not necessarily when it's foggy, but like when there's like a low cloud cover. Because what it reminded me of is the old MGM Grand. I think it's still the MGM Grand. When the MGM Grand at night is lit up, it turns all the clouds above it green. Right? I don't As know it, that I've seen that. It reflects on, the, oh, you! it's it's a pretty awesome sight to see. And then you can really see the light coming off the top, the the Luxor you know, the 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 sky beam. Um I mean that from, I've seen from in the Space Pyramid.
1: Yeah, in in multiple iterations, I guess. Yeah.
0: Um Yeah, so it really reminded me of that. Um so that was really it was really cool. really enjoyed it. And uh me and Jesse went for a wonderful walk. Uh Jesse, this amazing um uh calls herself she's a confidence coach. And we went for the stroll. I'm gonna eventually. I'm gonna get her on the podcast. Uh, get her on so we can uh, chat to her about her business and stuff. Um, she's uh, added her to another one of my accountability buddies. Um, okay. Uh, so that I have enough people to help me keep accountable and to make sure that I'm doing stuff. Because again, the hard part about living where we're living is it feels so vacationy. Right, you know, I mean, the yeah. beach is right there. There's a hotel right across the way. You know, this used to be, this wasn't Airbnb. You know what I mean? So, it, it, even though we're we're still doing things here, it still feel it's easy to feel like I'm on vacation. And I gotta go. No, I got shit to do. I got you know processes to start working towards, um, things to build, pathways to go. Speaking of which, I yesterday I went out and finally bought some new ink. So, I can finally get my fingerprints printed. Uh, Those who are inquiring about the process of doing this, like we got to get the the FBI process taken care of. So, uh, later today, I'm going to fingerprint myself. And so, is that
1: because this is for the visa? Correct. Is it because you are a US citizen that the FBI gets involved? And because you've got to get a background check from where you. Correct. Have done all your crimes, right?
0: Yes, yeah. They want to be yeah. sure that all the crimes you have done have only benefited the government and not yourself, right? Because right? they're the only crimes that are allowed. Any crime that benefits the government, they're fine with. Any crime that benefits you, they frown upon. Right. Yeah. And, and but you're lucky if you can, you know, get elected into government. Then the crimes that benefit you also benefit the government, and then they can turn a blind eye. And you can also get a visa a lot, a visa a lot easier. But I'm not gonna run for government. So don't worry, um listeners. I'm no plan to be mayor sexy or governor sexy or senator sexy.
1: Senator sexy.
0: Senator Sexy.
1: Episode.
0: That's my uh that's my wrestler name. <laughs> Next up is Senator Sexy. I'm gonna tax your ass. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Senator Sexy, I'm going to tax your ass. I,
1: I have not watched that style of theater in quite some time. But when I was growing up, like in middle school and high school, I used to watch it all the time. So there were, there was this um, this tag team duo back then. This is just going to kind of give anybody who is and has been into the wrestling world a little perspective on my age or or what have you. Um the million dollar man Ted DiBiase, Ted DiBiase. And then occasionally his tag team partner Erwin R shyster.
0: Yes which IRS. Stood for
1: IRS. Um, I, saw,
0: I saw a meme the other day. Um not a meme, but it, it was it was a a a, a post, a sweet. Is that what they're calling tweets on Twitter now? The the X they call them Sweets. Oh, is somebody uh, trying to put a name on that hot mess? I, I, I don't think even so. Know. Right. Because um, they're changing the T with the X, which makes the sh- sound. So it's a sh- sweet. <laughs> i got to hope that's oh, a thing. Oh, on shitter? Is, yeah, so they calling it shitter? You call it shitter. Right. Exactly. Okay. I got um,
1: it. It makes a lot more sense to me now.
0: Uh, Mick Foley posted that how was it possible that The Undertaker and Erwin R. Scheister did not ever. Make a tam t- tag team called Death and Taxes.
1: Uh, yeah, there you go.
0: Yeah, Mi- talk about missed opportunity. Probably one of the greatest missed opportunities in in wrestling history. Yeah. Uh, you, now, how big into wrestling were you? Were you were you like? Did you ever go to a match? Did you ever go to a live show or I never went ever-
1: to a live show, but there I had a couple of friends that we would rotate around and chip in to buy the pay-per-views. Nice. Not necessarily every month, but I'd say probably a handful of times a year. Yeah. You know, when there was something that was like really WrestleMania.
0: Like- yeah, the big, stuff like the that. yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 The big pay-per-views. Yeah. Um which I don't even know because don't they have like a TV network or something now or a streaming platform. So you just subscribe to it. You're you not necessarily um, buying it on demand, you know?
0: Right, right, right. Yeah. They they, they pay-per-view and they're like, no, you just pay a, pay a bunch a month and it'll equal up what you had to pay for the pay-per-view pretty much. Um, I was huge into in wrestling so much so that I thought, uh, one of my three jobs, my dream jobs when I was a kid was going to be a professional wrestler. Um, even into my late teens and and even somewhat in my early 20s. My early, early 20s when I realized that, oh, uh, uh, well, I had asthma and I was starting to get more out of shape. Uh, each day, each passing day, I get more and more out of shape. And, <laughs> and I wasn't doing anything to um, combat that. Matter of fact, I was doing a whole lot of stuff to uh, encourage being out of shape. I mean, I would eat tons of pizzas and uh, fast food and sweets and drink a lot of soda. So I wasn't really in wrestling shape, but I had still had the dream of becoming a professional wrestler. Um, and actually, uh, for a while, me and a good friend of mine, uh, shout out to Charles, um, we had a tag team that we would uh, – Cosplay as and and always mentioned that we were going to be Alpha and Omega. Okay, right. I was going to be Alpha. He would be the Omega. Our finishing move was the cat and mouse. um, Okay, where after the match we would I would uh, start chasing the opponent around the ring, and just before I uh, I would chase them into he would climb up on the top turnbuckle. And then I would chase them around around the ring. I'd get them and and then uh as I'm chasing them, he would leap off the top turnbuckle and catch them in a flying clothesline. And then and then we'd pin them. Um yeah, man, but I had, you know, like yeah, I was gonna be a professional wrestler and a, a professional actor, uh, which is of course, you know, one of the same pretty much. Um, and and a helicopter pilot. All right, those are going to be my three jobs. I had dreams of you know performing in a movie, right, and then flying myself in my own personal helicopter to uh, wherever we were wrestling, and then uh, after the match is over, getting back in my private helicopter and flying myself back to set to continue filming. That was uh, the dream. and uh, you know, uh, one out of three is not a great score. But I definitely did one out of three. I did become a professional
1: actor. If, if you were a major league baseball player and your batting average was one out of three, and you did that consistently across a career, you you'd be a good candidate for the Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, yeah so no it's either. all a matter
1: of perspective.
0: It's all a matter of perspective. Yeah, yeah. If I was a football quarterback and one out of every three passes I threw was a touchdown pass, I'd be the world's greatest football player. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So those aren't aren't bad stats. It just depends on what you're statting. You know. But out of dream jobs, to be able to get one of your dream jobs, that that that's a pretty ideal uh scenario. Yeah, I was in high school, late in the in the high school when I realized I wouldn't be able to fly helicopters professionally. Um and then like I said, I did everything I could to become out of shape and uh to take Wrestling out of the equation as well. So, actor got you covered. Now the goal is to find. <coughs> <coughs> me, cough button is to find. <laughs> does it work if you cough and then say cough button? Does that help at all? Does that no, no? no. Okay, just checking, just checking.
1: Um, it's really, it's really just 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 putting a, a big. A spotlight on it,
0: yeah, yeah, well, you know I'm all about spotlighting the awkward, you know that's not a a, a horrible thing to to it's a funny thing to do as it were uh no, I'll say now what I need to do as a professional actor, I need to play the role of a helico- of a helicopter pilot, yeah, now what I'll do is I'll write me a little short skit, I'll write a sketch where I'm a helicopter pilot, and then I'll write another short- well i've already i've already played a wrestler um in a short sketch. So that's one down. Now I just got to write a little role to be a helicopter pilot. Ooh, you know what I'll do is I'll write a parody song. Let me write this down. I'll write a parody song about being a helicopter pilot. Um, and I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. And I don't know what song I'm going to parody. But now that that's in the back of my brain. um well,
1: look, we can, we can always uh, put it out there to, are world travelers to make some suggestions because sometimes, it's like, ooh, that would be a great topic for this song or that song. So right. lay it on us. Also, if you know how the weather works, we'd love to have a meteorologist explain fog to us. Yeah, might as well. Break
0: down what, how fog rolls in and where it comes from, and
1: might as well call to action that thing too. Yeah, yeah,
0: and how how it can reach so far inland because I always thought it was a moisture in the air type policy, but I guess your air can get moist enough that fog can descend on land as opposed to just rolling in from the sea. Yeah. Uh, actually, now that I'm thinking of foggy, um, it reminds me. Uh, you're not big on Marvel television stuff, right? Um. So
1: where I, heard- I am on that type of stuff is it really – like I'll uh, it's tough to say because I am interested in it. It's a matter of getting into a groove and having the time to digest it because I will binge something when I start to watch it and I won't really start something unless I know that if I'm going to get into it, I'm mapped out with the ability to binge the whole season. So,
0: so did you you watch the, um, Marvel Daredevil series,
1: the one that was on Netflix with yeah with, um, yeah.
0: with, with Charlie Cox and yes um, that,
1: that I think I've seen all of and that little cadre of Daredevil, you know, basically what became the Defenders, right? Daredevil,
0: um, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and Jessica Jessica Jones. Jane Jones Jones.
1: Jones, Jessica, Jones
0: yes. Jessica, Jessica Jane I think is the is the magician,
1: right. Um, those I've watched, and did they did they drop the defenders? They did, oh, right? the defenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a season of the defenders, right? Yeah, yeah. So I've seen that. And then they added the
0: Punisher. They also added the Punisher to the mix as well.
1: Those were fucking great. Yeah. So now, have um, you heard the
0: news that they're they're bringing Daredevil back? They've already brought Charlie Cox back in the MCU. He's now MCU official. Um, okay. They also, they also brought Kingpin back. Uh and uh um uh, they he's also in the new he was in Hawkeye and he's going to be in Echo, which is a spinoff of Hawkeye. The reason I'm bringing all that up is uh they scrapped potentially uh, Daredevil born again, which is what they were mentioned they were going to release and I was like excited that it was going to be coming. But they made Daredevil so lighthearted in uh, She-Hulk, uh, the She-Hulk series. But I don't know if you saw She-Hulk or not. That I haven't was,
1: seen that yet. That was
0: a good fun. That was a good fun show. Um, they scrapped it, and uh, now they're talking about bringing it back. And they might be bringing it a little bit more gritty and dirty and back to the tone that it was in Netflix, where people said Disney would never do. And it's like, oh no, Dis- Disney's going there. Like yeah. you know, people think of Disney as this wholesome thing. And there's dark sides of Disney.
1: For sure. And, and and ultimately you can't really take the air out of certain things like that, that have that tone, you know, you bought Marvel and it's not, you know, there's, there's a a deeper level of counterplay between the the heroes and the victims than you'd normally have in, you know, some witch poisoning apples or whatever that just is, is, I don't want to say it's frou-frou, but there, you know, it's, it's definitely a lot lighter in most of what, you know, the princess movies and stuff like that. Right. right. Um,
0: Your bed knobs and broomsticks and bells and whistles and mouses and rats and lions mm-hmm. and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Yeah, it's a little bit, little bit darker. Um, so exciting to see uh, the darkness is coming. Also, I take it you haven't seen the new Marvels. The movie, the movie that just came out, the movie that just came out.
1: No, no, I'm way behind on anything like that. Yeah, know
0: yeah, no, yeah I, I'm again, I'm the, I'm the, the, I'm the uh, of uh, if we're comparing this to uh, uh, Ice Cream Social, I am the Paul Mattingly in terms of nerddom, uh, uh, of of the two of us, you know.
1: But to be clear, I'm not turning my nose up at any of it. No, it's no, no. Just- a matter yeah. of priorities and time and, and, right. and everything like that. So, yeah, you that's... Know, I, um,
0: I was thinking about the similarities between us and Ice Cream Social as well the other day. And I realized that you are really the Matt Donnelly of the duo. And I'm the Paul Madley of the duo. I'm random. I do uh, <laughs> interesting characters. I make up songs. Uh, you're into sports. You do magic. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have children. I do not. The, know, there, are,
1: the, the similarities continue. There we're we go. we both
0: married. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, wow. Uh, um, we both are bearded, though. Uh, um, I don't know if that matters anything. Uh, yeah. So as, as, I, as I often do, like I look at all the different podcasts and spinoffs and like, you know, like I look at the um, uh, you know, the other the other spinoff Hey you know. buddy, nice podcast. <laughs> I look at them and like who is who of their duo. Because like, we all spin off of Ice Cream Social. Who who do they resemble? And they don't. They both resemble they don't. the if anything, as close it would be is, is Brogan as the Matt and Wayne is the Paul, maybe. But this very loose. I think that the thing that
1: neither of them want to admit is that they're both the Jacob.
0: They're both the Jacob, (laughs) right? They they really are. Uh, Yeah, Jacob is infused throughout. uh, He's he's the lube that that puts these two cogs together. Jacob is lube,
1: (laughs) and we can tell how far behind both of they are, uh, both of them are in listening to our podcast because nobody's giving a shit on.
0: The the yeah I can yeah I keep waiting Your for it, the the moment and they keep mentioning it and uh, I'm I'm supposed to be a guest on the podcast hopefully this Sunday maybe as we're, from this recording um, and I'm just going to mention it outright be like look I've waited for you to hear the episode but you're not going to listen to it anytime soon so let me tell you what was said I figure that might make some great content uh, as it were some cool discussions um, but you know listening to Penn Sunday School. Um uh even with my assertion, I know that uh, Mox already has a significant other.
1: Oh, I I did I oh because I'm I'm behind on Penn Sunday School Right,
0: Day. right. And and I just heard Penn talking about Mox's significant other, and I'm like, okay, so so that's
1: out. Is, is but, Mox I, it was
0: it was never in. I mean, let's be fair, it was ever in Brogan is 30. Right. And Mox is 18. 19, somewhere in there.
1: 18, I think.
0: Yeah. So, um, just that alone, I would hope, you know, but they're really good friends, which is nice. That's really cool. They're really good friends. And, you know, the
1: reference that was made when I was. So, I was in Vegas whenever the hell I was there last. And um, I had taken with me. A bunch of the extra t-shirts from the mini tour that Matt and I did. Right. And because Brogan had told me that, and Matt was on tour with the Fullers. So I was taking them basically to drop off to Mox um, because apparently Mox won at one, Penn won at one. And I was like, well, I'm just going to take a whole load of them and say, hey, in exchange for me giving you this mocks, you just make sure that the rest of them get to Mr. Donnelly and he could do with them what he wants. Um, the, the reference to, um, you know, like big brother, little brother was what was uh, exhibited that evening. Yes. Um,
0: yeah, they, 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 they do behave a bit like siblings. They, they, well, they... Uh from what I understand, they behave like siblings, but Brogan talks like they're besties. Right.
1: Yeah. I and, think they behave like besties. Oh, and, and I mean I know that they are in very, very regular communication. Right. Um like good besties should be. But I was I was impressed to see that um genetics are not universal because Penn's got this thing, this legit thing where he doesn't immediately recognize and and remember people like he knows, you know, you knows you like Matt or, or, or teller or, or whatever. Of course, you know, he knows who those people are, but if he meets you and then like a week later you end up meeting up at some place, he may or may not recognize you Mox, who I met in person one time back when I was in Vegas with Brogan and Wayne, you know, and we hung out in the monkey room or whatever afterwards
0: immediately knew who
1: I was as I was walking up. And I was like, Oh, I was not necessarily expecting. I was, I was expecting to potentially have to be like, Oh, Hey, by the way, it's me. This is who I am. This is why I'm here. It was none of
0: that. It was immediately like, Oh, you've got shirts for me, huh? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's it's interesting to be you know so close and yet so far removed because I have never officially met Moxie, mm-hmm. not once ever. I know that if we ever meet, I will absolutely one hundred percent behave as if we've known each other for years.
1: And and I would say that just the demeanor and the way that Mox just exists. Exudes that level of comfort.
0: Agreed. The, problem, so the problem. is, is I'd be that same way with Pen and Teller, either. Also,
1: and that aura of just, <laughs> I belong here. You belong here. We belong here. Right. Like there, there isn't really
0: that who are you type of like uh, who are you vibe. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm sure one day, uh, hopefully, our paths will cross. You know um it it also it's interesting. I feel like I do magic, but I don't only because I consume so much magic content um did you see Max's yeah. episode on fool us
1: i will i I want to i I need to ask somebody who doesn't know anything about anything in this world what their opinion of that show was and that routine was because i feel like i'm watching this montage of you know i'm supposed to be in scotland doing fringe and i'm like i i had my 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 fingers on the pulse through all of this shit like i didn't i knew about fringe and i've interacted with them and and with brogan and everything like that and i i felt like I was in the mix for it. So I, I'm like, wonder, I wonder what this and seeing all of this means to somebody who's completely oblivious to all of this. Right. Because I felt so deep into it that I don't know that I could describe the trick that Mox did because I was so wrapped up in
0: the, the story. I was
1: right. somewhat aware of other than the part that Penn and Teller didn't know about. I also didn't know about. Um, <laughs> right. So it hit yeah. me, I'm assuming, very differently than some random consumers' perception of who's this person. And they've seen mock if they if they if they religiously watch fool us, and that's all that they are, you know, right. no PSS, no whatever, they they have been introduced and familiarized with Mox. Mox has appeared right. on the show. Yes. At least one other time, probably two other times. I I can't remember exactly because I it it fool us has become another podcast to me that sometimes I get behind then. Right. Um
0: yeah, and, and I feel like I watch it more than I actually have. You know, I mean they're in their 10 slash eleven and a half seasons or whatever. And right. I realized as much as much as uh, uh, it was an integral part of my zeitgeist, in the sense that a friend of mine works on the show and I'm aware of that and it's happening in my city. And you've been on the show, I've been, I've been on the show, and I've been, you know, I've been in the audience of the show and all that stuff. I haven't really watched the show as much as I thought that I have, right? Like it feels like such part. So when I'm watching, I'm like, oh, oh no, I haven't seen this episode. Oh wait, I haven't seen this entire season you know um and i know i think one day I'm, I, I know i'm going to start binge, i I feel the need to binge it i think right now the hard part about that is i'm so anti advertisement especially on my computer that yeah. when you're watching on the CW you can't skip ads right you, you you just have to watch all the ads as they are and that that gets tiresome and tedious Like no, I want to just get to the tricks. What I may do is just go to their uh, YouTube page and just like do a play all of their videos, um, yeah, and watch like each individual trick or whatever. Um, Yeah. Well, you've got. Hold on you. You have.
1: I mean, you're a patron on ICS, right? Yeah. So, if you go back through the archives or as they present moving forward, when if you go to the actual Patreon listing, not f- not straight from the r s s feeds mm-hmm. of when Matt and r j do the full and ready, do the full us behind the scenes episodes right um normally, and i i don't I haven't paid attention to this recently, but they used to always have a YouTube link to the full episode.
0: really I, I haven't it's never like, really looked at or, it.
1: or maybe maybe I'm confusing that with the here are the links to the individual bits, but you can get them in a setting of here they all are for this you know season X episode Y right. instead of having to just randomly watch stuff because I think that there's I mean there's a format to the show. They, they, you know, what they start with, what's in the slot two, what's in slot three, what's in slot four. Um, you know, like if you watch it, they put the card stuff always in this, in, in, I think in slot one, um, it's not every slot one is card stuff, but if it's card stuff, it goes into slot one. Um, you know, and, and, and there's kind of a method to the flow of each show, because as you know, from being on it and from watching, the live tapings and I've done a live taping as well. Um they're just rapid fire. Okay, who's next? Okay, who's next? Okay, who's next? Okay, there's downtime. Let's let the host come and read six of these intros. Okay, right. let's introduce Penn and Teller four times. Like and then they cut it up and then they put it all back together right. in a way that makes sense. It because back in the editing right. of it. You know, you're not watching four if you sit there and watch four performers, they're not going to be They're almost guaranteed to not be in that order one, two, three, four in the show together, right? I'm sure that it's happened, but it's it. They just they schedule them in the order that they schedule them, you know. And I'm sure that you know there's a method to that as far as okay, this pack's super light, these packs super light, these are quick on and off, so we can do eight today or whatever. You know, I've never been on that side of it, but I'm I'm assuming that they stack things in ways that that makes sense to keep that flow going as
0: well. Right. Um, I would love to yeah. go on, uh, uh, I would love to go see another live taping with, with uh, Brooke, Brooke, um as the host um, this time around. Cause I've only been there with, with Allison when Allison was, was the, the host. Um, and of course I hear nothing but good things about Brooke, Brooke, Um, She's amazing. So it'd be very interesting to get on the show and. I would have to be on the show again. That was a lot of fun. I mean, it'd be tough to do come in Spain, but, uh, right. but
1: you know. Um, so what you need to do is you need to link up with one of the Spanish card magicians mm-hmm. and get them to do season 11, but to do it virtually across Zoom and you be one of their volunteers. Yes. So now you're actually recording an episode. You want to talk about kicking me low, not only being on the show before me, but being on the show remote from Spain before me, let's do it. And Um, on the show twice, (laughs) twice, because at this point it's funny because like I was super interested in being on the show largely for the purposes of that promotional piece, Mm -hmm. you know, like I wasn't interested in fooling them or anything like that. I just wanted to be on there, put something out there, have them say nice things about me, smile, say thank you, and walk off the stage. Right. And now with the the turn in my career, like I'm not going to go on full and hypnotize people. No. I also don't do pseudo hypnosis, so I'm not going to go on there and do a bunch of pseudo hypnosis effects. And I don't want. Like, like when you see somebody on Fool Us, and I, you know, and again, this is this is my perception as somebody who books acts. When I see them do something on a show like that, whether it be Fool Us or AGT or Masters of Illusion, mm-hmm. and it encourages me to reach out to them to say, Hey, we'd love to have you in Elton, Eltonmagic.com, there's almost an expectation that you're going to do that thing I saw you do when you right. come here with right. exceptions. Jonathan Burns, for example, I was fairly confident. He wasn't going to bring a convertible couch to our stage and escape. From <laughs> that. that I, you know, some of them speak for themselves, Right. but at right. the same time, like if I had successfully gotten the clue routine, one of its 80 versions on to fool us, And people reach out to book me, which is kind of part of the point of getting on a show like that is so that you have people reach out to book you. People are going to expect to see that routine. Well, I don't do that routine. I don't do any routines anymore. You know, I'm part of a show and that show has routines, but it would be more in my best interest to figure out something that makes sense to get Bernardo onto the show. Right, so that people, you know, and something that maybe they're going to see us do in our show.
0: See what you need to do now is work with Bernardo and be a duet, like get some trick together. Right, right. That you guys, and then you guys go as a pair. You're a performing pair, and you know, you it's judgmentalist and Bernardo between two minds as one unit. Right. You know, this makes me want to vent for a moment. Can I vent? vent. Just so you're aware, both of us are men with microphones. This is what we're supposed to do is vent. Vent away.
1: Along that idea, before I went and learned stage hypnosis, Between Two Minds was supposed to be a duo show. And it still is. But it was supposed to be a duo show where, let's say, across an hour – collect we would have three bits that we would do that would be tandem you know duo effects we would open with one we would close with one we'd put one in the middle and then we'd swap out hey you do an individual piece i'll do an individual piece you do an individual piece or whatever something like that and then we were starting to put it together and then i went and learned stage hypnosis and i'm like oh shift gears it's like that meme where the car is like spinning out to hit the exit at the last minute Mm -hmm. Like, nope, we're doing this now we're going in this direction. And that has worked swimmingly. But there's always been this thought that, hey, we're going to end up booking a gig together. And it's going to be somebody that doesn't want hypnosis, doesn't have the setup for us to do hypnosis, the hypnosis might not make sense. So let's start working on a few duo bits for the, the off chance that we have to do a show where we're just both doing mind reading stuff. It will happen. It almost happened. But then somebody I think got sticker shock on the price and, and and has ghosted me, which is fine. I'm going to work for the price that my time is worth. I'm not going to, you know, don't back down. Um, so I did for the third year in a row. Um, and I'm not going to call them out, but there's an organization that I have done walk around magic, which is not my forte at all, right. um, for the third straight year for one of their fundraisers. And I do this complimentary, I just do this and, and, you know, it's an organization that I care to support. So I donate my time gotcha. this year. I said, Hey, we should have two of us. And then normally what I would do is we would do, I would do the walk around and then, During the program and the presentation for the evening, I would do one piece on stage. So I I did a mind reading thing the first year where as people are coming in, there's a little box and they write down, there's a prompt and the, the prompt that year was write down a location that is like a dream vacation or destination or, or a place that you love to go and put it in the box. And then there's all these different ones mixed up in the box you know, somebody pull. I bring somebody up on stage. They pull one out. They don't show me. They think about it. They visualize being there. We go through this little journey, and then I reveal where they are. Nice. Um, the last year, I did this this four card tear, which you've probably seen Penn and Teller do, or if yes. you've gone to the Foolers live tour, that's part of their show. Um, this year, bringing Bernardo in, I said we're going to do something together in this piece. And what we did was I walked around the room finding people with random objects. He was up on stage blindfolded and would tell people what the objects were. And when you go to an event like that, and there's a thing like that in the middle of the program, I don't care if it's magic or if it's comedy or if it's music or whatever it is, don't be a fucking asshole. Like, it was so loud in that room with side conversations and people talking. <laughs> and I was like, shut the fuck up. You know, you're, you're, you're about to fall to the floor one way or the other. Either A, I'm going to punch you in the fucking face and you're going to fall to the floor. Or you're going to see what my boy up on stage is doing here and you're going to fall to the floor. So shut the fuck up. All right? Because I don't want to go to jail tonight. It's just the rudest fucking thing. Like, oh. don't be a dick. All right. When somebody's up on stage and performing, shut the fuck up.
0: Don't be an asshole.
1: Don't be an asshole. All right. I'm off my soapbox for now.
0: Yeah. Don't be an asshole, people. Don't be an asshole. But that's a good reason to get up on your soapbox. Like that. That's just a good philosophy. That is the life we. You know, that's what we live by. Like we do. You know, we we have mahjong here every Sunday. Yeah. And one of the you know people like, can I bring somebody? Like, Like we only have one rule in this household. Don't be an asshole you can come we're accepting you can be weird you know we have weird friends who come up and and do stuff we have you know unique individuals with interesting uh, quirks about them that are welcome in our home and we accommodate that the only rule is you cannot be an asshole that goes for our mahjong that goes for our christmas party that goes for anything we do you know, and I'm nice and loving and I'm nurturing and I'm caring, you know, but if you're an asshole, I have no qualms of telling you get the fuck out of my house. Yeah. Luckily, I actually
1: started, you know, to, to, to move the flow in the opposite direction at the last, at my last hypnosis show, which we did at uh, Cult Classic Brewery, which was a ton of fun. I think we talked about it briefly here. A little bit. I have a new thing that I'm doing now at the end of the show where as I take out the suggestions, you know, you're no longer under the influence of any of the suggestions tonight, but I will leave you with this one remaining suggestion tomorrow. When you go about your day in the world, you will feel compelled to do something nice for somebody randomly. Nice. And when you do so, You will feel fantastic about it. In fact, that that overwhelming edge will compound and you will just continue to feel the need to do random nice things for random people. And I'm that is never leaving my show.
0: No, no, no. Unless I upgrade it, unless
1: I find a better, more eloquent way to do it, I, I will have no way to know whether or not people go and do that. But boy, oh boy, I'm gonna fucking try. Yes, that's it. And if you I can leave just a small ripple in the pond that is this world, I'm going to do it. I say I'm we get. All,
0: I, I say we get all the hypnotists in the world, all of them, in one place. Get cameras on all of them in their in their respective areas, and uh, they all like do a massive arena style hypnotist show with. You know, thousands of people on on in a field somewhere, and they're all getting hypnotized, and they they do fun, some fun stuff, and then they all leave with that, um, that prompt at the very end, and then you do that for you know a month, every night for a month, and you just and you cannot go to the show twice. <laughs> you hypnotize as many people with that prompt, and maybe just maybe uh we'll see some marketing marketable change in the world. Um people are just kind. You know, I was talking to uh Jesse the other night um about you know uh that's the beautiful thing about kindness that shit is free it doesn't cost yeah. anything you know I always say uh kindness is free spread that shit everywhere you know it doesn't cost so anything. I then
1: I guess I what I gotta do is I uh <laughs> Through, through a sponsorship of a golf outing for Autism of Delaware, I've gotten to know one of the uh, TV broadcasters for Fox Sports, specifically for NASCAR.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah. And
1: I, and I consider NASCAR to be the biggest hypnosis show in the world. Um draw <laughs> your own political conclusions from that as, as we watch these cars go round and around and arounds we're focused only on these cars and the, anyway um let me get out of that uh <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna have a whole bunch of random ass people doing random ass shit but there'll be kind things for other people but i gotta reach out to aa and say bro can you do me a favor at the end of the broadcast encourage you know do just just say this make this like like that tagline that thing and, and maybe we can change the world
0: yeah exactly go out be kind you know Be kind to one another. That's easy. It's not difficult. Just do it. You know? And 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 it'll come back to you tenfold. It always does. You know, when you're kind to folks, kindness comes back. Yeah. And, And and I don't know anybody who doesn't like having something kind happen for them. You know. So so listeners, we encourage you to be kind. Be kind to one another. Kindness is free. Spread that shit everywhere. Right. Yeah. Do we have any mail? I, don't, I haven't seen anything come in recently. I
1: don't, I don't think so. No. So send us some mail. Big Sexy Nomad at gmail.com.
0: Yes, please. Uh, let us know your travel stories. Uh, let us know places you've been. If you've been listening to the podcast, uh, explain fog to us. Get, please explain. Somebody, listeners, get on online, go on a computer, hit compose. Type in BigSexyNomad at gmail.com and explain fog to us. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then hit send, and then so we can read that on the next episode, uh, and we can see how close we were uh, to being uh, meteorologist experts. And maybe we'll be the number one fog podcast in Spain. That's our goal. The number
1: one fog podcast. In Spain. In Spain. Yeah. That's pretty high accolade.
0: I'm just saying, you know, I'm going to start uh, writing all these accolades down and, and make us certificates so we can have certificates <laughs> on the wall Go- <laughs> <laughs> with these little uh, accolades um, proven by no one, of course. Like, oh, like, never. No, no one is confirming whether or not we are. But, you know, to, to confirm it would be to ruin it. Here's the, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Prove me wrong. Prove yeah. that I'm not the number one fog podcast in Spain. I dare you. Yeah. Yeah. I challenge you to prove that I am, we are not the number one time travel podcast whose host's name is Big Sexy. Yeah. Prove me wrong. I'm going to make certificates as if that's actually will because as far as I know, that's true.
1: I mean, I mean, it's fair to say that we are the number one time travel podcast. We just have not yet successfully rippled the timeline to the point where you all realize it. That's it. That's it. But it's coming.
0: It's coming. You, 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 and you know what's funny? You won't even know it.
1: We will have always been the number one time travel podcast, and with or without. And, and that's XX all else. you
0: would have known. That's all you will know. Oh, yeah, Big Sexy Digital Nomad. That's that number one time travel podcast, right? That's all you're going to know.
1: All of a sudden, Doc Brown's name is not on that tombstone.
0: All of a sudden, Loki Season 2 makes sense. All right,
1: you better hit it before
0: this gets real weird. <laughs> uh, There you go. Also, be sure to go out to uh, whereisbigsexy.com and check out our merch. Yeah, W-E-A-R. You're going to wear it. Safe travels.